Hey, what's up, family? It's Coach Josh, and in today's video, we're going to be talking about 10 things we miss out on when we don't spend time with God. But before we get into those points, let's lay some foundation by explaining what it means to spend time with God and what are some things that hinders us from spending that quality time with God. But the first point that I want to give you is spending time with God is not a luxury, but a necessity. Spending time with God is not a luxury. It's a necessity. Oftentimes we look at God as someone that is not as important as air. Spending time with God is more important than the constant time we spend in air, breathing it, etc. And when we begin to shift our mindsets into understanding that quality time with God creates quality life, then we'll begin to go to God more. So it's important for you and I to begin to understand that spending time with God is not a luxury. It's not something that, that we do. Even though it's a luxury item, he is a he's an individual of luxury. He is a king. And it does come with benefits, or he does come with benefits, but oftentimes we look at him as a luxury, as in like, when I'm going through a tough time, I have a luxury. When I'm going through good times, I have a luxury. But when you understand it's a necessity, in order for us to enjoy the luxuries, we have to embrace it as embrace him as a necessity. So spending time with God is not a luxury. It's a necessity. Now, why don't people spend time with God. There's several reasons that contributes to why we oftentimes do not spend time with God. And if this video has already resonated with you, go ahead and share this with someone. It's like all that good stuff. And also the link to the description box, there's a link in the description box of a worksheet that will help you cultivate uh, uh, opportunities to spend better and quality time with God. So make sure you download that worksheet. Now, here are some reasons why people do not spend time with God. Number one, busyness. Modern lifestyles can be hectic, leaving little time for spiritual practice amid work, family, and other responsibilities. So we see that oftentimes because the way life has been established and who established these norms. See, the God of this world, Lord Case G, created a system, created a, a infrastructure, a framework of life that it, it that fills up life, right? And so he created through uh, uh, the the modern day work schedule, the 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 demands of athletics and and extracurricular activities, the the the, the modernness of the of Christian uh, church going, and all these different things to fill our days and not allow us to be filled for our days. So modern lifestyles can be hectic, leaving little time for spiritual practices amid work, family, and other responsibilities. That's why I tell people our lives or our relationship with God should not surround our life, but our life should surround our relationship with God. And our family, our work, our extracurricular activities should be immersed in quality time with God, that everything that we're a part of, God is in and God is allowed. The reason why God is not in our families, not in our businesses, not in our entrepreneurial pursuits is because he's not allowed. We don't really want to spend time with God in our extracurriculars at our workplace because we understand that there are some corners we've skipped some steps we've skipped that we don't want to allow God in. But when we allow God in, we allow truth in, and truth then brings freedom. Number two, lack of prioritization. 
Some may not prioritize spiritual nourishment, placing more emphasis on worldly pursuits. Listen, my friend, we are spiritual beings first. I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. You have a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. So therefore, if you nourish the other areas, if you nourish the physical by only eating and drinking, and you only nourish the soul by relationships and extracurricular activities, but you never nourish the spirit, man, how can you win, my friend? And so a lack of prioritization that these things are not important, but these things become important when urgent things occur. But God is not reserved for urgencies or emergencies, I mean. God should not be reserved just for emergencies. God is the one uh, uh, that should be allowed to service every area of our life to ensure that it's strong. So we got to make sure that we prioritize. Number three, doubt or disbelief. Skepticism or lack of belief in a higher power can detour individuals from engaging in spiritual practice. So if a person doubts God or doesn't even believe in God, they're not even going to go to God. And oftentimes people doubt God based upon uh, their perception of blessings. See, when we measure blessings from God by mountain peaks, like big peaks and not the little big peaks, what I mean by that? We measure God's faithfulness by the big peaks. We're talking about uh, uh, big blessings like uh, uh, promotions and, and a spouse and a new house, a new car, etc. So if God is not doing the big things, then he's not truly someone that we should trust. But when you measure God by the little big peaks, which are actually the biggest peaks, like how many breaths you took today, how many times you should have been dead by today, but God kept you. What about all those things that God did for you that you'll never know he did for you, but it was so big that he what he did that it saves your life. Those are the things we measure by. But because we doubt God, because God doesn't come through like we want him to, we have skepticism or there's some atheists out there that just don't believe. So if you don't believe that God is faithful, if you don't believe that God is good, then you won't pray. You won't spend time with him. Next, distractions, constant exposure to technological distractions and the fast pace of life may hinder focus, contemplative moments. So distractions, phones, friends, needs, right, uh, become distractions uh, and hinder focus. So the reason why I, when I spend time with God, my phone's on airplane mode. When I spend time with God, my stuff is not in my space because I'm trying to make space. Because if I don't make space for God, God won't make space for me. And what I mean by that, if I don't make space for God, then why would I would expect God to make space for me entrepreneurially, make space for me in ministry, make space in other areas? The more space I make for God, the more space I make for myself. I'm not implying that that's why you should make space, but that's just one of the byproducts and benefits of making space. So you got to remove distractions, personal struggles. People facing personal challenges or crises may feel disconnected from or angry with God, leading to avoidance. So a lot of people, the reason why they don't spend time with God, they're mad at him. Listen, I tell people all the time, be very careful what you do when you're mad at God. Because most of the major decisions we make that causes the biggest consequences are done when we are avoidant, avoidant or angry at God. The more you avoid God, the more you anger of God, the more you're going to make dumb decisions and God will welcome you back. God will cleanse you. But sometimes those consequences still stay. 
And some people just got personal struggles and challenges that they're trying to carry. Could it be that the challenges that you're engaging in, the reason why you're not winning at it is because you're not spending time with God to get the intel needed to win? Things to think about. Uh, Spiritual stagnation, a lack of understanding or awareness of the benefits of spending time with God may contribute to indifference. A lot of people are here. They're just indifferent. They're, they 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 had one spark of strong fire for God. Now they're just smoke and ash, and they thinking that they're really something, but they're not. See, the spiritual world can truly discern if a person's truly burned or burning. It takes discerning to see if there's burning. The spiritual world can truly tell what type of flame you are for God. Some of us we 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 express as if we're aflamed and we're ablaze, but we're barely smoke. We're barely, we haven't been on fire for years because we're indifferent. It says here, uh, a lack of understanding or awareness of the benefits. So when you lack understanding and awareness of the benefits of spending time with God, it will just contribute to indifference. Next, religious upbringing, negative experiences or rigid, I put that there, religious teachings in one's upbringing or experiences can create reluctance or resistance to spiritual practice. My friend, I don't care about your, hear what I say. Your church hurt is not Christ that hurt you. Whoever in the church that hurt you, Christ didn't hurt you. See, oftentimes we measure Christ with the Christian. But the Christian has nothing to a degree, has nothing to do with the Christ. We're talking about those who are not truly converted, right? And so a lot of people, the reason why they don't spend time with God. It's because of their rigid religious upbringing and because of church hurt. But my friend, Jesus didn't hurt you. And his true disciples didn't hurt you. Now, if a true disciple hurts, you got to examine their hurt. There's a flip side to it. Could it be that they told you the truth and you got in your feelings? And then you want to mask this church hurt to give you an excuse not to spend time with God? There's two sides to every coin. Uh, unresolved questions. Individuals grappling with unanswered questions or doubts about faith may be hesitant to engage in spiritual activity. That's why it's important for us as believers to be theologically sound, to be exegetically equipped, to be apologetically able, to be able to give the full hope of why we believe. Most modern day Christians are only taught the basics. And what I mean by the basics, then some of them don't know the basics. They just knew that if I raise my hand and go to an altar and because the organist was playing at a good moment and the pianist was playing at a good moment and because the atmosphere was perfect and, and maybe the sermon was 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 straight to my soul. I came down there to get hold, but I wasn't taught to be a disciple. I don't from that moment, you were never educated on why you believe what you believe. And you're one Hebrew Israelite away. You're one atheist away. You're one other belief system away for not even believing the systems that you believe is sustaining you. And so the thing about Christianity that brought me to salvation, I'm talking about whole. I'm talking about fully invested, engaged, unwavering belief. I should say belief, not salvation was when I first came to God. Uh, uh, it was it was more emotionalized. Now, let me make it plain. I was always one of those kids 
that was very sensitive to God. Like I was always one of those kids that was uh, 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 into the things of God. So I was always an intellectual, right? And so even some of the BS I saw in some of the church uh, 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 places, I didn't really rock with. But but early on, I got with God because of, of, of just childlike faith or childlike belief, right? But it wasn't until I was 26 when I really began to get into apologetics and when I was able to really truly understand why I believe what I believe. And one thing that I love about the Christian system is, is that the belief system of in, in Jesus, who he is, has such truth, has such raw, non-biblical references. I'm talking about secular uh, references and, and just common sense-ness uh, uh, about it that said, man, this makes sense. And if, the, if you don't accept this, it just means that you don't want to accept it. But the truth is so clear. The truth is so plain. It, it, it became so plain to me that anybody in their right mind will raise their hand to follow Christ because it makes sense. And because it's backed by uh, a secular historianism and, and backed by just uh, all these different things that just says, man, God created a belief system that could not be uh, shattered or broken. That if you truly in your right mind and you truly want the divine, then you will accept what the divine is offering. Let's keep going for time's sake. Cultural shifts. Societal shifts towards secularism or alternative belief systems may influence people to distance themselves from traditional spiritual practices. You see that now in modern day Christianity, where it's a lot of emotionalism. It's a lot of uh, uh, celebrity pastor. It's a lot of moves, quote unquote, the spirit, which is actually uh, just uh, uh, witchcraft and, and spell casting and, and mind control and mysticism. Right. Right. But but a lot of these in hypnos, hypnos, uh, hypnotism. Right. Right. So all these different things have become part of modern day Christianity. And so now we've forgotten about the fundamentals because we just want to be fancy. Every <clears throat> key area of life has fundamental aspects to it that you can't shake from. Like there's fundamental aspects to basketball, fundamental aspects of dance, fundamental aspects of football, fundamental uh, fundamental aspects of music that no matter how uh, uh, grandiose you may be, it's rooted and grounded in the fundamentals. And sometimes we get so caught up in these cultural shifts that we forget about the fundamentals and we forget about the importance of prayer, the importance of reading our word, the importance of meditating day and night. We forget about the fundamentals because of cultural demonic shifts. And, co and comment, if you're watching live, make sure you like and share that good stuff. But comment, let me know that you're getting something from it. I don't care which emoji you use, but let me know that you're getting something from this. Or what point you is resonant with you at the moment? At the, at the moment, last but not least, lack of guidance. Some may feel unsure about how to engage in spiritual practices, or may lack guidance on establishing a meaningful connection with the divine. So this is what this video is for. Is for this last one, is to give you some guidance. I'm gonna give you some guidance towards the end. Is to let you uh, 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 have a worksheet that will help you with a better understanding uh, uh, how to establish. These these fundamental uh, practices, but from a heart that truly loves God, a heart that truly desires more of him. So we'll labor on a little bit. Now, here are the 10 things. Finally, at the 15 minute marker, here are the 10 things we miss out on 
went uh, by not spending time with God. Uh, uh, Kayla's, uh Miss uh, Desina says, being disciplined is resonant with me the most. Good, good, good. Uh, we got a question here. Uh, I'll get to your question soon. Uh, here we go. Tangible relationship with God, not just one in my head or hope for it. Right. That's real. Tangible. Something that you can feel. My sister also says, Jesus, come on, man of God. We're preaching today. The Lord told me to do this. And so I had to get to it. So here are the 10 things. And my voice is getting back. So I, 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 I navigate through the ras <laughs> raspiness. But we're going to get this word out. 10 things we miss out on by not spending time with God. Number one, inner peace. I wrote, regular time with God often brings a sense of peace that surpasses understanding. So by us not spending time with God, we're missing out on inner peace. Do you know you can be at peace even in a chaotic situation because you have inner peace? And when you spend time with God, he will give you a peace that surpasses understanding because the things in front of you, may not clearly communicate that there should be any peace. They actually speak on the contrary. But when you are here with God and at peace with God and you spend time with God, he'll then give you peace. The Bible says, be anxious for nothing. That's a command. God said, be anxious for nothing. God is the only authority figure to be able to articulate to his, to his followers that they should not be anxious for nothing. That implies that he's the answer to everything. So the, the, when we're anxious about something, we, to a degree, subconsciously believe that God is not the answer to that something. Because if we already know that God is awesome and that God is the answer, then no matter what it is that we're anxious to a degree about, we go right to the anchor. We go right to the answer. So inner peace is like what Sophia says is a big one. Regular. Notice I put regular. Regular time with God brings a sense of peace. You need that. So you need to spend time with him. Two, clarity of mind. Number two, for those taking notes. I see y'all taking notes there. That's right. Uh, Calcia says, I probably jacked your name up. Being anxious takes our focus off of him. That's right. The moment you feel anxiety. Now, anxiousness and anxiety are two totally different things. We're going to have anxiety in life. That's just part of life. But anxiety turns to anxiousness when we put our focus to it. So when anxiety rises, you got to have different systems in place to deal with that anxiety, to suppress that anxiety, because you're in with Almighty. When you, uh, when you are with the Almighty, it eliminates the anxiety. Let's keep going. Clarity of mind, number two, for those taking notes. Seeking God's guidance can lead to mental clarity and a clearer understanding of life's, life's challenges. Here's a big one. This is why a lot of people join my mindset program. They want clarity of mind. They want closeness to God. They want understanding of, 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 uh, of confirmation. And so check out that program if you need it or if you need support mentally. But seeking God's guidance leads to mental clarity and a clearer sense or understanding of life's challenges. So... You and I must spend time with God because challenges are going to come and we need clarity. Man, I've lived long enough to look back over my life enough. I tell the kids I look back over my life because I've lived long enough to look back and see God's faithfulness. That man, those challenges that I face, I challenge the challenge without going to the one that's able to challenge the challenges. So I went to the challenges on my own versus going to the challenges with the one that owns me. 
And what happened was I didn't go to God to say, God, give me clarity about these challenges. Help me to understand why these challenges. And then the verse pops up. Count it all joy. My brothers and sisters, when you meet trials of various kinds, knowing this, that the testing of your faith produces patience. And when patience had its perfect work, you would be complete, whole, lacking in nothing. So now I begin to see the goals with what I was be, uh, uh, facing. So now the more you get into spending time with God and immersing yourself with scripture, then you understand why you in the mixture of these challenges. So you have clarity of mind. So it, if no matter what it is, seek God. Number three, strengthen faith is one of the things that we miss out on by not spending time with God. Spending time in prayer and reflection can deepen one's faith and trust in God's plan. Listen, we need strong faith. We got to begin to stand in the face of things with strong faith because we know that God is with me. We can we can bring up David's scenario. David stood in front of Goliath. David was with his dad and dad was like, hey, David, I need you to bring some food to your brothers. And David was like, no problem, pops, I got you. And while David was on a journey, David was probably thinking of some songs, quoting poetry, whoop the whoop, you know, just, you know, quoting poetry. And then he, he saw his brothers and he... And he said, looked at his brothers and the people, and he looked at the giant, and he and he, he saw the vibes. He was like, "Yo, y'all mad sus right now? Like y'all being sensitive? Like like what's going on?" And then David was like, "So you mean to tell me y'all gonna let this giant defy the armies of the living God?" David said, "Okay, bet." He said, "Listen, what I love about David was David had awareness." See, see, if, if, if there is no awareness, there is no preparedness. And so by him being aware, he says, I'll fight this Goliath because he's uncircumcised. <laughs> see, 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 David was probably five, nine at the time, I'm guessing. The Goliath was nine, 10 foot tall. It doesn't matter the size of the thing you're facing. It's all about the size of the faith that you face it with. Oh my goodness. It is not about the size of the thing you're facing. It's about the size of the faith you have facing the thing facing you. And because what you're facing is uncircumcised and is not in covenant with God, then you got to stand in covenant and rise above it. And David was like, my faith has been strengthened because look what God helped me with, with the lion. God helped me with the bear. And this Philistine will be lying right beside them. So you have to spend time with God to strengthen your faith. And we'll talk about ways to do that. Probably in other videos, but I have some points. About. Renewed perspective for times like I keep on. God-centered moments can shift perspectives, helping individuals view life circumstances through a lens of hope and purpose. Renewed perspectives. So the more you spend time with God, God will begin to shift your perspectives. How you see a thing is everything. God wants you to see everything the way it was meant to be originally seen. Let me repeat. God wants you and I to see everything the way it was originally meant to be seen. God does not want me to see my wife through the lens of the way the world sees women or wives. God does not want me to see my daughter the way the world sees daughters. God does not want me to see anything that is in my life the way the world or other counter belief system wants you to see it. 
He wants to renew our perspectives so that when we see a thing, we can serve the thing the way it was meant to be served. It says God-centered moments, God-centered, I love that, can shift perspective. So when you spend time with God, your perspective shifts, helping individuals view life circumstances through a lens of hope and purpose. Hope and purpose gives you, it removes stress and anxiety. If you have a victim's mentality, you always see things as woe is you and everything's against you. Then my friend, it creates anxiety, which then creates emotional weight that makes you heavy in weight. But when you see things with hope and purpose, then you can navigate challenges differently. Five, increased compassion. My sister's taking notes. A connection with God often fosters empathy and compassion towards others promoting kindness and understanding. There we go. Spending time with God increases our compassion. So when we don't spend time with God, we're less empathetic. We're less compassionate. We're less understanding. We need that in marriages. We need that in parenting. We need that in society. So the more you spend time with God, you increase with compassion. And, and compassion then increases creative opportunities and solutions and entrepreneurial advancements, etc. So a connection with God often fosters empathy and compassion towards others, even your enemies. Now you will begin to embody what Christ did on the cross, where he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. So I forgive them. That's because forgiveness is not about them. Forgiveness is giving you the opportunity to go forward. Let's keep going. Number six, guidance and decision making. One of the things we miss out. By not spending time with God. Calcia says, Calicia, my bad, sister. That is my favorite so far. It increased the ability to love all. That's right. Love covers a multitude of sin. It just keeps you winning, man. Uh, guidance and decision making. Please, my sister, type out how to say your name because you, you taking notes. And I want to I want to make sure I say your name right. So give me the little dashes and stuff to let me know how to say your name. Guidance and decision making. Seeking God's wisdom can provide guidance and direction when facing important life decisions. So listen, this shouldn't be the only time we go spend time with God <laughs> when we need something done or decision to be made. But guidance and decision making, seeking God's wisdom can provide guidance and direction when facing important life decisions. So we have to spend time with God because we need to be guided. Every place we're going needs GPSing. Everywhere we're going in this spiritual journey requires GPSing, God's positioning system, God's positioning system, God's personal spirit to help us to get near it. Like, like everywhere we're going. So there's no place in my life that I can go without God, without God's guidance. Now, I ain't talking about to the bathroom. I'm not talking about to the kitchen. I'm not talking about to the grocery store. We're talking about life direction. We're talking about life destination. This marriage that I'm in right now, as the head of my house, I need God's guidance every day. Me as a father, I need guidance every day. Me as a preacher, I need God's guidance every day. <laughs> every word that I speak, I'm guided by his spirit. I need God's positioning system, God's precious spirit. I need it in order for me to get to it, to get near it, to have it. And so we have to spend time with God. Men, every day you should reflect. Husbands, every day you should reflect. Lord, am I guiding my family by being led by you? You can't be a leader until you're first a follower. 
If you plan to lead, you must plan to follow. Good leaders are good followers. And good followers are followers of great leaders. And the greatest leader you can ever follow is Jesus. So you have to ask yourself, am I being led? How can I, how can they be fed if I'm not led? If you're not led, man, men, then your families are going to be spiritually dead, emotionally dead, mentally dead, potentially physically dead. So every woman has to reflect, am I being guided by you? Praying for a husband to be guided by him. Praying for your husbands to be guided by him. So we, we can't just expect to get anywhere on our own. If you're trying to do business on your own, if you're trying to do marriage on your own, my friend, you're going to be on your own and you're going to be lost. So count the cost so you don't be lost. Let's keep going. Lord, I see why you got me teaching on this, this Saturday. This is a good word. Number seven, empowerment to overcome challenges. Good one. Spending time with God can instill. Let me see how I spell my sister's name. I don't know if she put it there. She said, don't worry about it, coach. I must have said it right. <laughs> empowerment to overcome challenges. Spending time with God can instill strength and resilience. Helping individuals face challenges with a positive mindset. Say, you ever seen that meme online when a cat goes? It was like when you go into your prayer closet, it's like a cat going in. Kalika, 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 got it. You seen the meme where Kalika? Thank you for taking notes for me. Kalika's uh, not, not Kalika, but you ever seen the meme where the cat goes into the closet? You know, it's a prayer closet, not the other closet. Go into the prayer closet as a kitten. But comes out as a lion, that's what we need to go in our prayer closets for. Empowerment. Incubating in the presence of God. Spending time. Let's keep going for time. I have a lot to cover. Joy and gratitude. A spiritual connection often brings about a deep sense of joy and gratitude for life's blessings. So spending time, what we miss out on when we don't spend time with God, we don't have joy. We miss out. The Bible says in his presence, there's a fullness of joy. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. So when we don't spend time with God, we miss out on true, deep joy and gratitude. Nine, improved relationships. Big one. Centering relationships around shared spiritual values can enhance connection and communication. So when we spend time with God, we learn about relationships. We improve those relationships and they naturally grow. 10, because I'm going to talk about relationships in another video. Uh, personal growth. Time with God will inspire self-reflection or may inspire self-reflection, leading to personal growth and a desire to become the best version of oneself. So when we don't spend time with God, we don't grow. So 10 things that we miss out on. By not spending time with God. Number one, inner peace. Number two, clarity of mind. Number three, strengthen faith. Number four, renewed perspectives. Number five, increased compassion. Number six, guidance and decision making. Number seven, empowerment to overcome. Uh, eight, joy and gratitude. Nine, improved relationships. Ten, personal growth. So go ahead and I'm going to keep, I got more points. But go ahead and like, comment, all that good stuff. Thank y'all so much for engaging. Uh, uh, download the worksheet. Get the worksheet because we're going to start shifting a little bit on how we could practically make these things a part of our lives. Now, let's talk about, here are some types. Now that we talked about what we miss out on, and we talked about 
uh, 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 why we don't spend time with God for the next 20 or 25 minutes. So let's shift to the second half of this message. Here are some types of spending time with God. Here are some things that you can start doing, types of things, types of ways we can spend time with God. Number one is prayer, either structured prayer or conversational prayer. Structured prayers following established prayers or prayer guides. So if you need to kind of get your prayer life going and you're not quite at the place with God where, where it's conversational, and what I mean by conversation, where it's back and forth vibing, where it's 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 laughing, is it's elite level, not elite level, but yeah, elite high level, uh, like people to people interaction with God, like how you were with your best friend, you like that with God. It may start with structured prayers to kind of get the wheels going, but also conversational prayer, engaging in spontaneous, heartfelt conversation with God. So prayer is important. All these typically, all these I'll probably do a video on. Lord willing, how he leads me. So spending time with God in prayer is essential. The goal is to get to a type of prayer where we talk. you talk to God like you'll talk to your closest friend. Number two, um, meditation. Mindful reflection is a form of meditation. Contemplating on specific scriptures, teachings, or divine qualities. Mindful reflection, where you sit back and he says, I'm just going to take some time to use my brain to dissect experiences, to dissect divine qualities, to dissect scriptures, sitting back and, and giving mental energy to a particular uh, 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 godly thing is essential. Spending time with God. Sometimes I just sit there and look at the ceiling and just meditate. Think about, I, like I meditate on this message. I meditated on, I spent time with God. I said, God, this is what you want me to do. I was minding my business downstairs. And I had some of these notes already. Uh, for a later video, and, and I was just sitting with God, just talking with God, and God was, it prompted my spirit to do this video, so before I did it, I sat back, and I started thinking of, okay, now, now, what angle do I want to take, and I, and I began to meditate on the, on the, on the word of God about these particular things, and the points about it, or, or it happens in all type of different things, but it's contemplating on specific scriptures, sometimes we don't spend enough time with a scripture, we read scripture, but we don't let the scripture read us, I don't just read scripture, First off, I let the scriptures be read to me. I remember when I was working in elementary school and I was I was perplexed about why these third and fourth and fifth graders will run up to me and they'll grab a book. And, and I know you can read. You know, I've heard you read in class and they'll be like, Mr. Ezzy, could you read this book to me? And I'm like, can't you read it? <laughs> I'm saying I'm doing stuff. You're like, can't you read the book quietly? No, no, no. But can you read it to me? And I'm like, man. Because these kids knew that when I read to them, I don't just read the book. I give commentary. <laughs> when I'm reading Clifford, the big red dog, I'm like, fam, dang, Clifford, bigger than the house. And that, that's not what's written in the book. But the kids love the commentary <clears throat> that comes when I read a book. See, I just don't read books to kids. I I, I read, now I'll crack jokes. And, and I'm like, man, that's crazy. I never thought of it like that. Or why why, why the grass is, you know, I'll be, I'll, be, I'll be whatever. And it gave me a revelation. And the Holy Spirit was like, that's how I want to read to you. I don't just want you to read my word. I want you to come to me like a child with childlike faith. Come to me with your Bible and say, Holy Spirit, read this to me. And what that means is, Holy Spirit, make this word alive to me. Holy Spirit, make this word rich to me. Holy Spirit, show me something you've never shown another person that ever lived about the scripture. Show me a way to articulate the scripture to, to, to raise your people, to be a people prepared. 
That's sitting with a scripture. See, I, it took me months to get through James 1, 2 through 4. It took me literally months, if not years, to get through that verse because I couldn't get past the word count. I sat with count for a few days. Counted all joy. And I started thinking of all the it's. What are all the it's that be causing me to be in fits? That's causing me not to count it all joy. So I couldn't get past the first phrase, count it all joy, because I sat there and think about it. Do I know how to do spiritual mathematics? Do I know how to count? How do I count it? What type of, what? see what I'm saying? That's meditation. Silent meditation means sitting in stillness to listen and connect with God's presence. That's being able, I'm going to do videos on this. I, I can't labor too much on this, but you see where we're going with this, right? But sitting still means just sitting, stilling your mind, counting from five to one, breathing and just sitting in God's presence and just thinking on his goodness. Bible study number three, verse by verse study. I love this. Delving into the meaning and context of individual Bible verses. So what that means is this. What I do with my children, my kids in my ninth grade class, I teach them exegetical uh, 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 techniques. I teach them verse by verse. They may not completely understand what I'm talking about, but it's in their spirit enough to where when they get older, they'll be like, man, he's literally going verse by verse. So we have Bible verses every week. So what I do is I go 10 verses up, 10 up to 10 verses up or down to 10 verses down. That gives the scripture in full context. What am I teaching them? How to study the Bible. Like study, studying the Bible leads to sturdiness with the Bible. The more I study the Bible, the more sturdy I am when I exit, when I uh, 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 communicate. If I can't exegete it, I can't communicate it. <laughs> Holy Spirit be spit making me look good out here. So spending time with God is actually literally sitting with your Bible and saying, you can even take a scripture that pertains to what you're struggling with. Or if you're in a place of theological prowess and you really just want to uh, uh, get a deeper understanding of apologetics, it's getting a, a, a book and other commentary resources and really begin to systematically understand what you believe. That's spending time with God because it's like training time with God. Thematic study, that's based upon themes, exploring specific themes and topics throughout the Bible. Just saying, hey, I want to I want to study joy for a month. That's why every month pick a theme. Ask the Holy Spirit, what's our theme for the week? If the Holy Spirit says patience, if the Holy Spirit says joy, then take time to explore every scriptures on it and go deep. Next is worship. Corporate, we're talking about musical worship. Corporate worship, participate in communal worship services or gatherings or personal worship. Expressing gratitude and reverence through music, singing, or creative arts. We're talking about... Uh, expressive worship like 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 musical so going to church you see what i'm saying uh, uh being amongst community is important that energy of focused uh, uh uh worship does melt things off of you but that can't but you can create those little hubs in your home next journaling prayer journaling recording thoughts prayers and reflection in a dedicated journal is another way of spending time with god Gratitude journaling is another way. Focusing on thanksgiving and acknowledging blessings. So those, all these, some of these you may not even do. Journaling might be for some. Worship might be for others. But these are 13 or so things that you can uh, 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 scramble through and, and, and put within your uh, regiment or routine so that you can really begin to spend time with God in a deeper way. So develop a prayer journal. 
and a gratitude journal. Outdoor or nature reflection. This is what I love to do. I used to love doing this when I was uh, um, younger, when I was like staying with my mom and we had this little uh, path. Uh, outdoor meditation. I love this. This is where I got a lot of my best ideas. Connecting with God through nature walks, hikes, or simply spending time outdoors. This is one of my favorites. Uh, creation contemplation, reflecting on God's presence and the beauty of the nature world. So that's what I used to do. When, I, when a deer walked by, first I'd be like, oh, whoa, whoa, watch out, watch out, watch out, watch out, bro. Keep, keep it moving. But when the deer was at enough space going his own way and he wasn't trying to get into no problems, I'm like, man, that deer beautiful. <laughs> well, I used to walk by this pond and I saw a little turtle. I sat back and looked at the turtle. When I saw a different tree, what that does is sometimes we get so caught up in the billboards and the, the banners and the buildings and things made by man that we don't spend time to be in monks amidst, uh, in the midst of things made by God. And when you are around nature and you see the different color birds and you hear the different noises and, and you take your socks off and grounding is one of the things I like to do. And you go outside and you put your bare feet in the grass and you connect with God's nature. Ooh, you'll be surprised what happens. Some ideas start sparking, some things start happening. Fasting. Spiritual fasting, abstaining from certain foods or activities for a period of seeking spiritual clarity or spiritual uh, closeness and connection. That's just based upon if God leads. Now, if you fasting uh, like I do, I, I do. Um, and I forgot the name of that fasting. Uh, intermittent fasting. That's what I do. That's for health, not for health. I don't have no health issues, but I do it for uh, healthy reasons like staying healthy, sustaining health. But when it comes down to fasting, you got to have wisdom with that. You just can't be out here just being fast to fast, you know, uh, uh, because there's going to be some complication with that. So I'm just doing that for uh, stewardship of the people out there that you guys don't start fasting and then, then you hurt yourself or you damage something. Uh, service and acts of kindness. And if you need more, I've done some videos on fasting. So type fasting, Joshua Ezzy, and you'll find some videos that will kind of give you some more clarity. Service and acts of kindness is spending time with God. Uh, serving others as a way of connecting with God through selfless actions or random acts of kindness, demonstrating God's love through small intentional acts of kindness. Just that right there, you just like, man, it's just you tap into something when you're when you do good for just goodness sake and for the glory of God. Uh, community engagement, fellowship groups, joining or forming groups for shared spiritual growth and support and accountability. Spiritual retreats, attending retreats for focused time with God and fellow believers. Good. Next, scripture memorization, memorizing verses, uh, committing key scripture to memory for reflection and meditation. That's key. It's, it's learning your weapon. Memorizing scripture is understanding your weapon, learning your weapon, learning how to use your weapon. Because the only weapon we have against spiritual warfare is the word of God. Jesus responded to Satan with the word of God, not his opinions, not some preacher's notes, not some quotes. He responded with the word of God. Scripture meditation, repeating and meditating on memorized verses throughout the day. Very key. And I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to do whole videos on a lot of these creative expressions. Another way, artistic creation, engage in creative activities such as painting, writing, or music that expresses your spiritual journey etc. Et That's what I do. When I'm writing my books and spending time with God, I'll sit back and write a paragraph and I'll look at it and God, I'll be like, okay, anything else you need? I need to add to this. 
and I wait for the Holy Spirit to well up, well up an idea or well up some points in me. And me and the Holy Spirit are so tight to the point to where I know when it's time to move on. I, I, I know the cadence. I know his 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 uh time of like you good, keep going. Versus sit here for a little bit, and and I don't even get restless when he says sit here for a little bit. What I mean by when he says sit here a little bit, it may he just may want me to sit there for a little bit because because whatever reason. And so I'll sit there and and sit there for a minute, and it could be just to create a new discipline. It may just cre- just creating me to be able to be a little bit more uh 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 tight with my uh uh a uh, uh, response time with him, but. We'll talk about those elite elevated ways of spending time with God. Uh, journaling prompts. Use creative prompts during your journaling time to explore relationship with God innovative ways. Brainstorming sessions. This is what me and God do all the time. And ne- the next two is what I do with God often. Brainstorming sessions. But here's some ideas. Vision board sessions. This is something I'm giving you. Conduct brainstorming sessions while creating a vision board that represents your spiritual goals. Spend time with God, get some magazines, go online, print some things, create a digital one and spend time with God. Dream big with God. God, I'm just going to I'm going to brainstorm with you. I'm going to get into my brain and let it storm and and let it create different things and elements that that I can eventually have in my life. Goal setting, spending time with God, goal setting. Use dedicated time to brainstorm and set spiritual goals, seeking divine guidance and aspirations, business talks. Business talks. <laughs> During your time with God, reflect on your work and professional endeavors. Seek guidance, wisdom for challenges and decisions. Business planning. Integrate prayers to your business planning sessions. Inviting God to, to as the CEO <laughs> of your business. That's why I be all like, God, so what's the move? What's the move so I can bust the move? Like God, what what how can we change the nations? Lord, look, look what what generational wealth idea am I sitting on? Like like the uh, the guy that I watch, um, a mentor of mine that I watch, Myron Golden, he says to purchase things from your creativity. You know, uh, uh, like purchase ideas. Like what what can I create that that can that can pave the way to the life that I want to live? Like like God, how can we take ministry to the next level? How can we take this this coaching to the next level? How can we take my books to the next level? How what, What's the next move? Like God's a businessman. We're a part of a family business. See, we're the first age that has more employees than entrepreneurs, possibly. We are a part of the, one of the biggest phases of all time. This is the biggest era of life where we have more employees than we had entrepreneurs. Most of the people in the Bible days were entrepreneurs. Those who were employees, quote unquote, were people who was who put themselves in slavery. Biblical slavery was not like American slavery that sold themselves to slavery to pay off debts or they were in the army. Everybody else was entrepreneurs. Paul was a tent maker. Peter was a fisherman. Matthew was a tax collector. Or he worked for the government. But what I'm saying is, but that was it. But these people had businesses. That's why the Bible talks about be about your business. I'm not talking about everybody's going to have their own business, but you, but, but every creative ability could be a business or could be a revenue stream. Man, I'm going to talk about this some other time. But I spend time, I spend a lot of business meetings with God. That's why the stuff that I'm rolling out now, the stuff that I'm doing is what I mean, like, like we're going to the next level. The key, and I'm done with this, the key is to find practices 
that resonate with your spiritual journey and personality. I put that in there. I'm like, I'm not a, I'm not a corporate worshiper. That's just not me. I'm not, I'm not the type of guy to be running around a church. You know what I'm saying? I'm more of an introspective worshiper when I'm with the people. Now, when I had my own Bible study and stuff, and I was in that big room by myself, and it was my own thing, then I'm, I'm, I'm expressing my worship. I may have laid down. I may have had my hands up. Those who ever been to unplug, work with me, help me in the ministry stuff, you saw that I worship like that. But when it comes to like hundreds of thousands, not hundreds of thousands, but hundreds or thousands of people, I ain't the type to be raising my hand. Now, when they start talking about the blood, when that, when the, my wife be laughing at me, when them old, old songs play. See, my, see, my grandfather and grandma, when I was used to, when they used to babysit me, they played those old songs. <laughs> they played them old. My mom used to play them old worship. I'm talking about when worship music was worship music. <laughs> When, word, when the words were actually exegetical, when the words were actually in scripture, like when the word, when they start, but, but, but for me, when all oh, the blood of Jesus, when that place, it washes white. That was a song that I saw the other day. I ain't heard this song in a long time. Uh, if you can use anything, Lord. You can use me, boy. Boy, them old songs like that, you're you going to get one of them deacon hands up. <laughs> you're going to get one of them bishop raises up. You're going to get one of them pastoral waves. You see what I'm saying? But anyway, but for me, I'm more of a visualizer. I'm more of a... Uh, so what I'm saying is, <laughs> getting off track, not all things going to resonate with you. The key is to find practices that resonate with your spiritual journey and personality. Combining different types of spending time with God can create a holistic and enriching spiritual experience. That's why you've always heard me in most in front of all of my videos to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. That's where all my programs hang on. That's how my coaching strategies hang on. Uh, that's where all my tools and resources hang on is to present to God a people prepared. That's my goal. And so, and so, the goal is to equip you guys with, with holistic means, uh, different tools, different strategies. And so now let's talk about, and then we're done, five ways, five practical ways to spend more time with God. S-P-E-N-D. Number one, set a daily routine. Set a daily routine. Do I got the worksheet pulled up? Give me one second. Let me pull this worksheet up. Make sure I got it ready for y'all so we can go through it together <clears throat> oh my bad i got i had your thing up there the whole time I had your whole name out there i'm sorry set a daily routine establish spending time with god is a discipline a a a, a, a delicate not a delicate but uh a, a delicate yeah a delicate discipline like a delicate like a delicacy like, but in order for us to get to the delicacies of the of the of of the discipline, we have to be disciplined. So, number one word is establish. You and I must establish a consistent time each day to devote to prayer, meditation, and reading scripture. Having a routine helps make spending time with God a regular habit. We must turn something that rarely happens into a regular habit. 
so it can regularly happen. We got to take something that rarely happens, make it a regular habit so it can regularly happen so that we can regularly have the benefits of it. P, prioritize quality moments. Create intentional quiet moments throughout your day, whether it's a few minutes of silence or a dedicated quiet time. Prioritize moments of stillness. So, for instance, my drives on the way home, quiet. My first 15 minutes towards work before I got to pick up my niece and nephew, like, like it's quiet. I'm, I'm, I, I pick moments. So in between classes where I don't have no sessions to counsel kids, what I do is I close my door. Uh, uh, cover my glass window and I lay on my couch and I sit still. But I've picked though, I prioritize those moments when kids knock on my door and they see Mr. Ed's got his shoes off, they already know he's praying. <laughs> one, kid, one kid was like, Oh, my Mr. Ed's my bad, my bad, my bad. Are your shoes off? You, you know, you, you, you spending time. Oh, Mr. Ed's, oh, 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 okay, okay, okay. My, my bad, OG. See what I'm saying? Yeah, they know. E, engage in scripture. Read <laughs> and reflect on passages from the Bible. Engaging with God's word is a powerful way to deepen your understanding and connection. So make reading with engaged scripture, using what we said earlier, asking in. Nurture prayer habits. Cultivate a habit of prayer. This can include both structured prayers and spontaneous conversations with God throughout the day. Develop a prayer routine that suits your life. I'm going to do a video of the seven R's of prayer. Put a put an emoji. That's something you're looking forward to. A, 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 um, a prayer regiment that will help you structure your prayers and, and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, for Tom said, we'll keep going. Disconnect from distractions. Intentionally disconnect from digital devices and other distractions that can consume your time. Create a space where you can focus solely on your relationship with God without external interruption. Remember, spending time with God is a personal journey. And finding what works best for you is key incorporate these elements thank you gino these elements into your daily life gradually adapting them to fit your unique preference and schedule the holy spirit knows exactly what tailored to your personality to strengthen it so i pray this video was a blessing to you let's get to the worksheet uh, let's get there first let's let's bring the worksheet out and if you want to download the worksheet you can do so right now on my website, mycoachjosh.com forward slash worksheets. Let me go ahead and post that link there so you guys can go ahead and get it. I think it's in the description box, but it may not be on Facebook. I'm sorry, Facebookers. I got you right here. So go and uh, download the worksheet. You'll be able to see intentional prayer worksheet. Let's bring it up so you can be able to uh, see it. It's basic, not basic, but it's fundamental. Um, but uh, fundamentals leads to greater success. Uh, I think this, yep, this is it. All right, so here's the worksheet. And so the one thing about what I provide on my channel here on YouTube, Facebook, or wherever you find me is I want to give you guys resources. I don't just want to give you uh, 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 just whatever. I want to not just only give you the richness of God's word, but I want you to then take it with you and do something with it. Go and spend time. Go and actually and apply, right? And so this channel is for fulfillers. That's why I'm gonna call you guys uh, who follow me fulfillers. You guys are the high fulfillers. You guys are people that will fulfill God's will for your life in every area. 
in order to fulfill, you have to know his will and you have to be willing and actually a doer. So for doers only is, is the mindset, those who want to embrace and hear well done. Now, worksheet, intentional time with God. Section one, reflection on current practices. Look at your daily schedule. Write down your typical daily schedule, highlighting moments where you can potentially spend time with God. Next, current spiritual practice. Now, what that daily schedule means, I want you to write down your daily schedule so that you can begin to see moments where you can spend time with him. Current spiritual practice. List the current ways you engage with God, prayer, Bible study, worship, etc. And how often. This is giving you an opportunity to see where you are and your, and your growth and your time with God and examine your business. Section two, identifying barriers. Uh, obstacles, oh, three and obstacles. Uh, identify potential obstacles preventing you from spending more time with God. Think about your time wasters. Recognize any activities consuming your time that should be redirected towards spiritual practice. Next, section three, setting spiritual goals. Uh, define uh, specific, measurable, and achievable goals for spending time with God. Prioritization, rank your spiritual goals based on importance. So for instance, for me, one of my spiritual goals as, as a spiritual man is to is, is to shrink or shorten my, my response time. Like one of my spiritual goals is, is to be able to be even quicker with how I respond to certain things, to especially in the face of things that are I have to face with faith, right? To be more faith-filled. I'm not saying I'm not faith-filled, but and I'm talking about in bigger situations now, now that my business are going to the next level, and now that I'm going to the next level, like, like I want to be able to be boom, boom, boom in there, being able to know what to do at, at quicker times. But, but those are things that you can do as well. Setting spiritual goals. Spiritual goals can be, I want to memorize a verse a week. Spiritual goal is I want to uh, 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 learn exegesis. Uh, a spiritual goal is I want to better understand apologetics. All right. Section four, creating a spiritual routine. These numbers I got mixed up because I wasn't able to do the dots. Uh, morning routine. OK, that's the first dot. Uh, design a morning routine that includes time for prayer, Bible, and refresh. So these are three things I want to focus on. I want you to create a morning routine, a midday connection, and an evening reflection. Hey, this is what I put my clients through when, they, when they're going through their spiritual holes in my fulfillment program. Like those who have spiritual holes. And I tell them, this is what you do. Morning routine. My morning routine is when I wake up, I thank God for the first 10 things I lay eyes on. <clears throat> I don't care if one of the first 10 things is my toothbrush. I thank God for the ability to have teeth to brush. So that's one of the things I do, because if I if I can thank God for the first 10 things I see, I'll be thankful for everything that I see, even the traffic. Design a morning routine that includes time for prayer, Bible reading, reflection. Now, you may not have that much time for that, but God's not looking for quantity. He's looking for quality. So we're not sitting there saying now it could be that you need to shrink your life a little bit. Where you say, okay, like for instance, I sometimes I get up at 4 30, sometimes I get up at five o'clock. If if I feel that 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 press to spend more time with God in the my morning routine. There are some mornings where I have more morning than I have evening. Some days I have more evening than I have morning. Some days I have more midday than I have morning and evening. And so things might shift. But having a routine, typically knowing your day and, and how it happens, be able to do it. So, if, like for instance, I know for a for a fact. The best time to spend time in reading my word is when my wife and daughter are asleep. 
because I like to read without interruption. I don't mind being interrupted, but because I know I don't like that moment interrupted, I've decided to do that when they're asleep. So what that means, I either do it before they wake up or after they go to sleep. Midday connection, identify ways to connect with God during the day, even briefly. God, I just want to connect with you. You doing good? You good, fam? Sir, you doing all right, sir? I'm open. Anything you need me to do, just checking in. Still led by you. Whatever you need me to do, I got you. Even in reflection, this, everybody has time for this because you, you determine what you go to bed, when you go to bed. Plan a reflective practice before bedtime or review your day with God. That's it. That's what I do. God, I start thinking about how was I, I do this. How, how was I as a husband today? And I literally pause and think about what I did, what I literally did as a husband today. Where did I messed up? Where could I have, where could I have incorporated more intentionality? How was I as a father today or a father figure today? How was I as a man of God today? Did I represent you? Like I'm spending time with God, the truth. I spend time, you spend that reflective time with the truth. And God who is true, that's why I incorporate God. I got to reflect because the more you reflect in your evenings, the better days you're going to end up having. So section four is very key. Section five, introducing variety. So that's supposed to be a dot right up at that 10, supposed to go right up under there. So that's why you see those numbers are off three, five, seven, ten. It's supposed to go under. Sorry about that. I'll fix that if I remember. List new spiritual practice or activities you'll like to explore. Like the stuff that I listed, I said, I might want to explore that. See that. Weekly folks, choose a spiritual theme or topic to explore each week. Something you can do. This week, uh, for me, I'm in the book of Luke. So I'm just in the gospel. I do a gospel a month and a proverb a day. So I'm just sticking with my, my routine. But I have been in Timothy lately. Um, I've also been in, in 1 John, 2 John a little bit. So, so but I, I have my pocket. You see what I'm saying? But my theme, I don't necessarily have a theme for this week. Uh, it hasn't dropped in, but you may, it, you may, maybe something helps you. Um, so pick a spiritual theme and, and, and typically it will probably be a theme in the area of your biggest trial because it is, it's, it's imperative for you to better understand it. Let's keep going. Accountability and support. That's supposed to be a dot that 12 accountability partner. Consider finding a friend or film member to share your goals and progress with. Community engagement. Explore ways to connect with the local church or spiritual community for additional support. Section seven, reflection and adjustment. Weekly reflection. Set a time each week to reflect on your spiritual journey. What worked well areas for improvement. That's what you got to do. You got to reflect every week. If you want, if you want a better year, we come up to a new year. If you want better years, you got to have better months. If you want better months, you have to have better weeks. If you want better weeks, you have to have better days. If you want to have better days, you got better hours. If you, have one, if you want better hours, you need better minutes. And so if you want to make sure next week's better, reflect every week. Adjustment plan. Create a plan to adjust your routine or goals as needed to maintain consistency. Conclusion. Use this worksheet as a guide to cultivate a more intentional and consistent connection with God. Remember that your spiritual journey is unique and, and adjustments can be made based on your personal preferences, personalities, and experiences. May this be a valuable tool in deepening a relationship with God. So I've given you also worksheets. I mean, extra pages to just write out. You can do it digitally. You can do it however you do it. But here's a tool that's going to help you to put in your little toolbox, your spiritual toolbox.
to grow. So uh, if any of this resonates with you and you're in a place right now, you're saying, Coach, man, honestly, um, I have spiritual holes in my life. I need help in this area. I do have a program that, that will help you in this area. It's a holistic program. It's called Fulfillment. It's designed for people who are aware of their purpose or are understanding of it, but they're successful in, in an area, but they want to be successful in every area. If you're an individual says, man, I want to get to a place where I can hold better because I'm whole and I want to get to a place where, where I no longer have the relationship strain that my kids are not insane, that 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 my wife ain't, oh, oh my life is just solid, uh, uh, things are increasing in favor, then check out that fulfillment program. I'll post that link there. I think that'll be a great resource for those um, who connect with this video. And also check out my other resources. My mindset program is also a good program for those who want to shift their mindset into a mindset that becomes an asset uh, and that, that will be a useful tool for God and themselves as well as their family. Uh, mindset program, it's all in the description box, but I'm doing this for those who are on Facebook because I don't think I posted those there. So check out all the resources that I have that will elevate your life and and, and really begin um, to help you win. Uh, let's see if we have any questions also, check out my books before we get to the Q&A. My latest book, Multi-Purpose, How to Find and Fulfill Your Purpose in Life. Great book here. This is the book, this book right here, God, like Spending Time with God. All the books that I've done was birthed out of my time with God. Let me talk about that for a minute. Back to creativity, create, creating. Listen, I create with God. The first thing we ever heard about God, the first thing that God ever, re, uh, that God ever introduced about himself, was that he was a creative. In the beginning, God created. The first two things we hear about God was that he was in the beginning. He didn't have a beginning, but he was in the beginning of this. And he created. And he created us in his image and likeness. Therefore, we are creative. That's why God says we will be held accountable for every idle word we speak. Because when we speak, we're speaking like him. Because just like his words have power to create, our words have power to create. Even unspoken words in thought form have powers to create. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And so spending time with God creatively creates opportunities. My group coaching programs came out of spending time with God. My 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 strategies, frameworks, uh, worksheets and books, card games, all came out of spending time with God. And so all these books that I'm about to go through right now came from spending time with God. So what are you missing right now creatively? Because you're not creatively spending time with the creator. And how, what are those gold mines, those things you're sitting on right now, those books, those card games, those businesses, those ministries, those, those systems, those event inventions that you're sitting on that's caused you to sit on your generational wealth. There's generational wealth in just about everyone because the Bible says a wise man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. I'm not sitting there saying everyone's going to be billionaires or millionaires, but you're going to have to leave something to someone. And all of us have ideas. I remember when Peter was at the boat and he was in debt. And that's what the chosen picture painted it. And and, and Jesus, before he asked him to follow him, uh, 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 fulfilled his business request. So what I'm saying is, is that there's business in you and, and ideas in you that need to see the light of day. And so thank God these books did, like multi-purpose. 
Like this book right here, The Purpose of Freedom, How to Untie Soul Ties and Strongholds. Like this book right here that helps people find the difference between a counterfeit and a counterpart to truly discern and, and understand God's uh, will for their life. Those who struggle with their emotions, facts or feelings with something that was birthed at a time of God. The wholeness journal was birthed at a time of God where people could be able to hold things better. This, this card game whole was birthed at a time of God, a fun interactive card game, a way to be able to understand wholeness and how to hold things right. This book, The Purpose of Singles, The Birth That A Time With God, Help Singles Better Understand Their Purpose of Singleness. Dating Prep, one, man, so many couples got married to this. Man, so many people got married to this and to the car, uh, card game. A lot of a lot of, a lot lot of, of uh, breakups happened because of this book and card game. A lot of bad relationships ended because of this card game and books. Dating Prep. A lot of marriages were thriving. I get, the, I get testimonies all the time, people telling me. A lot of young people got this book. Helps them with their finding art early, as he says. It's like a father. It's like a father figure in a book. <laughs> That's how I'm gonna put it. Also, people struggle with spiritual warfare. They got this book, spending time with God. Books, card games, two, uh, three culture group coaching programs, mindset program, uh, uh, two purpose programs, holistic success programs. One is a six month program. One is a a, a mentoring twelve month comprehensive uh, mastermind. We'll be able. You'll actually meet me in person. We'll meet in person. It's gonna cost. And, and, and all these programs cost um, because it's, 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 it's the value that you get from it. And, and I believe in the value that you get from these programs, man. I've seen it in people's lives. And so I'm excited for those who want to invest in themselves to find the best of themselves so they can give the best of themselves to those who deserve the best from them. And so that's what those programs are for. So let's see what we got. Uh, Natasha says, hi, where can I find the workbook? Are you talking about, oh, the worksheet? Let me give you the link. Here you go, my sister. Natasha, here it is. And so if you want to learn more about those programs, you really want to get uh, in those in those programs, go to my website, mycoachjobs.com. Under the coaching tab or the programs tab, you'll see them there. Let's just see what the people were saying. I don't forgot your name already, my sister. Let me, I'm going to scroll up. Kalika. Kalika, yeah. Kalika was putting in work for us. Let's give it up for Kalika. Thank you so much, my sister, for putting those notes in for the people following. And um, maybe I should have put those notes on that worksheet too so you guys can have the notes. Maybe I'll add them to them later. Uh, I like that strategy. Thank him for the first 10 things. You see, that's right. Vanessa put some flames up. Thank you. Sophia says, you're Josh creating a routine is important because, oh, you're right, Josh, creating a routine Creating a routine is important because it will build a habit naturally. Devotionals just become like clockwork. That's right. You're so welcome, my sister. I'm so glad it was a blessing. I love you all. Thank you all so much for joining me. I don't typically do these, but it seems like Saturdays might be a good day for, for uh, uh, spiritual growth and just growing holistically. So maybe I'll start doing some YouTube videos and maybe do like a webinar to uh, do some more in-depth. And so if you're interested and like webinars and you're interested in like master classes where it's on Zoom, YouTube is good. I could do them on YouTube. I'm going to do stuff on YouTube. But if you're looking more for like, like intimate master class Zooms, like I do with my programs, like uh, you've seen some of the testimonials. Uh, if you want some of those, uh, comment below. Let me know that you're interested in it. Because if you're watching this far, man, you're part of the 1%. Proud of you. Thank you so much for staying with me for this long. And I believe that you uh, were added to. Uh, with the spiritual growth you needed to be able to grow holistically for God's optimism. I love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Can't you? Oh, uh, Kalika, my bad. It's interesting. So I got you, my sister. 
Uh, so you just be on a be a look on the lookout. Those things be coming out soon. Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Catch y'all next time. Peace.